Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On income. On what's live. Now quit telling yourself, this is all I'll ever have. Granddaddy was broke. Mom and daddy didn't have anything. My dog's on welfare. My cat's homeless. Let go of all that and have an abundant mentality. This is not where I'm staying. I'm blessed. I'm prosperous. I'm headed to overflow to the land of more than enough. I received a letter from a young couple. They had both been raised in low-income families. All they saw modeled growing up was lack, struggle, can't get ahead. Their families had accepted it, but not this couple. They had been coming to Lakewood. They didn't have a not enough mentality. They had an abundant mentality. They knew God had a promised land in store for them. And they took a step of faith. On very average incomes, they decided Somebody to own their own house. They didn't take out a loan. Whenever they had extra funds, they would buy the materials and hire the contractors. A couple of years later, they moved into this beautiful house in a nice neighborhood, all debt-free. It was like God had multiplied their funds. Not long ago, they sold that house for twice what they had put into it. The lady wrote, we never dreamed we would be blessed like we are today. She went on to say something interesting. She said, my great-grandparents and my grandparents always told me that if I had beans and rice, that was good enough. But I always knew one day I would have steak. And if you're going to become everything God created you to be, you've got to make up your mind like she did. You are not going to settle for beans and rice. You are not going to get stuck in the land of barely enough or the land of just enough. But you're going to keep praying, believing, expecting, hoping, dreaming, working, being faithful until you make it all the way in to the land of more than enough. Now, there's nothing wrong with beans and rice, nothing wrong with surviving, but God wants you to go further. God wants you to set a new standard for your family. He's an overflow God, a more than enough God. Jesus told a parable about a prodigal son. This young man left home and blew all of his money, wasted his inheritance, and decided to return home. When his father saw him, the father represents God, he said to the staff, go kill the fatted calf, we're going to have a party. The older brother was upset. He said, Dad, I've been with you this whole time, and you've never given me a skinny goat. Let me ask you, do you have a fatted calf mentality? Or do you have a skinny goat mentality? Do you think beans and rice are good enough? Or do you say, no, I want some enchiladas. I want some fajitas. I want some sopapillas. Listen, you can live off of bread and water. You can survive in the land of barely enough. We can endure the land of just enough. 
just enough to make it through, just enough to pay my bills this week, but that is not God's best. Your Heavenly Father, the one that breathed life into you, is saying, I've got a fatted calf for you. I've got a place for you in the land of more than enough. Now, don't go around thinking that you'll never get ahead. You'll never live in a nice place. You'll never have enough to accomplish your dreams. Get rid of that skinny goat and start having a fatted calf mentality. God wants you to overflow with His goodness. When the Israelites were in the desert, in the land of just enough, they got tired of eating the same thing every day. They said, Moses, we want some meat to eat out here. They were complaining, but at least for a little while, they had a fatted calf mentality. Moses thought, that's impossible. Meat out here in the desert? Steak for some two million people? There were no grocery stores, no place to buy food. But God has ways to increase you that you've never thought of. God simply shifted the direction of the wind and caused a huge flock of quail to come into the camp. They didn't have to go after it. The food came to them. What's interesting is quail doesn't normally travel that far away from the water. If there had not been a strong wind, it would have never made it way out there in the desert. What am I saying? God knows how to get your provision to you. A statistician ran some numbers based on the size of the camp, the number of people, quail three feet off the ground like the scripture says. He concluded that there were approximately 105 million quail that came into the camp. That's an abundant God. God could have given them a couple of quail. That would have been four or five million quail. But God doesn't just want to meet your needs. He wants to do it in abundance. Now the question, are you thinking skinny goat or are you thinking fatted calf? Well, Joel, I could never afford a nice place to live. Can I say this respectfully? Skinny goat. (laughs) I could never send my kids to the college they really want to attend. Skinny goat. I could never build that orphanage. I could never support other families. I can barely support my own family. No, God has a fatted calf, a place of abundance for you. He is not limited by your circumstances, by how you were raised, by what you don't have. He's limited by what you're believing. And some of you have had that skinny goat with you for years and years. You've become best friends. You need to announce to him today, I'm sorry, but our relationship is over. It's done. We're going to be parting ways. He may cry and complain, ask, is there anybody else? Tell him, yes, I found a fatted calf. No more thinking not enough, barely enough, just enough. From now on, I'm thinking more than enough. An abundant mentality. When you live like this, God will bless you in ways you've never imagined. Like this one lady I know. She's a single parent mother. and Her family has gone through a lot of struggles. For years, she was barely making it. But every Sunday, she and her two sons would be here at Lakewood. In spite of all the obstacles, they didn't have a skinny goat mentality. They were in the land of barely enough, but they didn't put their stakes down. They knew that wasn't their permanent address. Like she did, you've got to be faithful in the wilderness if you're going to make it into the promised land. I'm not saying that everything's going to change overnight. 
There's going to be seasons of testing and proving. Thoughts are going to tell you it's never going to change. But you dismiss that. And you just keep being faithful right where you are, honoring God, thanking Him that you're coming into overflow. Her son, from the time he was a little boy, always said that he was going to get a scholarship to go to college. He could have thought, we're poor, I'm at a disadvantage. No, this single parent mother taught her sons that God is a God of abundance, that He can make a way when we don't see a way. Three years ago, her son graduated number two in his high school. He received not one scholarship, not two, not five, not seven, not eight. He was awarded nine scholarships, totaling over $1.3 million. His undergraduate, his master's, and his doctorate is all paid for at Georgetown University. That's what happens when you say goodbye to the skinny goat and you have a fatted calf mentality. Jesus talked about how when we give, it will be given back to us Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. What does that mean, pressed down? I used to make chocolate chip cookies with our children. The recipe calls for three-fourths of a cup of brown sugar. When you pour the brown sugar in, it's so thick, so dense, even when it hits the mark for three-fourths, you have to press it down. When you do, you can put in about twice what it looked like. That's what God is saying. When you look full, you think you're blessed, you're healthy. All you need is one scholarship. You just want the house to sell for what you put into it. You just want quail for a day or two. God says, that's fine, but I'm an overflow God. I'm a more than enough God. I'm about to press it down and make room for more of my increase. I'm going to press it down and show you my favor in a new way. After he presses it down, he's going to shake it together. And not just fill it to the top. He's going to take it one step further and give you so much that you're running over. You just wanted one scholarship. God says, that's fine. I'm going to give you nine to make sure you're covered. You just wanted to get your money out of the house. God says, I'm going to cause it to sell for double. You just wanted quail for a day or two. God says, I'm going to give you steak for a whole month. That's the way our God is. Why don't you get in agreement and say, God, I'm ready. I'm a giver. I have an abundant mentality. Lord, I want to thank you for good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over in my life. A friend of mine has a son that got his driver's license a while back and really wanted a car. His father said to him, let's believe that God will give you a car. Son said, Dad, God's not going to give me a car. You can buy me a car. He said, no, let's pray. May ask God to somehow make a way that he could have a car. A couple of months later, this man's employer called him in and said, for the last two years, we've made a mistake on your paycheck. We've been underpaying you. They handed him a check. It was $500 more than the car they'd been hoping to buy. The scripture says, is there anything too hard for the Lord? There is no telling what God will do if you'll get rid of the skinny goat. God is about to press some things down. He's about to make room to show you His increase in a new way. It says in Exodus, I am bringing you out of lack into a good and spacious land. Notice, not a small land, a little place, tight, 
crowded, not enough room. No, receive this into your spirit. God is bringing you into a spacious land, a land of more than enough, a land of plenty of room, a land that's flowing with increase, flowing with good breaks, flowing with opportunity, where you not only have enough for yourself, but you're running over, running over with space, running over with supplies, running over with opportunity. If you're not in a good and spacious place, my challenge is don't settle there. Don't let the skinny goat mentality take root. Don't think beans and rice is good enough. That is not your permanent address. It's only temporary. God is taking you to a good and a spacious land. Well, you say, Joel, are you one of those prosperity ministers? Oh, I don't like that term. That sounds like somebody that only talks about finances. Prosperity to me is having your health, having peace in your mind, being able to sleep at night, having good relationships. There are many things that money cannot buy. While I don't like the term prosperity minister, I must say I am not a poverty minister. I can't find one place in the Scripture where we are supposed to drag around not having enough, not able to afford what we want, living off the leftovers, living in the land of not enough. No, we were created to be the head and not the tail. Jesus came that we might live an abundant life. We represent Almighty God here on this earth. We should be examples of His goodness. So blessed, so prosperous, so generous, so full of joy that other people want what we have. But you've got to fight a religious spirit that says you're supposed to be poor, broke, and defeated to show God that you're really humble. No, when you're poor, broke, and defeated, all that proves is that you're poor, broke, and defeated. It doesn't bring any honor to God. If I brought my two children up on the platform today and their clothes were all raggedy, worn out, holes in their shoes, hair not combed, you would look at me and think, what kind of father is he? It'd be a poor reflection on me. Listen, when you look good, dress good, live in a nice place, excel in your career, generous with others, that brings a smile to God's face. It brings him pleasure to prosper you. My father was raised during the Great Depression. He grew up extremely poor. and He developed this poverty mindset. He was taught in seminary that you had to be poor to show God that you were holy. The church he pastored made sure he stayed holy by keeping him poor. He was making a little over $100 a week, trying to raise his children, barely surviving. And one time, he and my mom kept a guest minister in their home all week. Sunday after the service, a businessman came up to my father and handed him a check for $1,000. It's like $5,000 today. He said, I want you to have this personally to help take care of the expenses of the guest minister. My father took the check by the corner like it was contaminated, like it might poison him. He said, oh, no, I could never receive this. We must put it in the church offering. He walked toward the offering plate. With every step, something said, don't do it. Receive God's blessings. Receive God's favor. He ignored it, dropped it in the offering plate. When he did, he said he felt sick to his stomach. There's something on the inside of us 
that says we're supposed to be blessed. We're supposed to live an abundant life. It's because we are children of the King. It was put there by our Creator. But here's the key. You have to give God permission to prosper you. You can't go around with a lack mentality thinking I'll just take the leftovers to show everyone how humble I am. After all, God wouldn't want me to have too much. That'd be greedy. That'd be selfish. No, get rid of that false sense of humility. That's going to keep you from an abundant life. Listen to Deuteronomy 28 in the message translation. God will lavish you with good things. He will throw open the doors of His sky vaults and rain down favor. You will always be the top dog and never the bottom dog. Now you need to start seeing yourself as the top dog. Not living off of leftovers. Not able to afford what you want. Not in the land of not enough. No, come on over to the land of more than enough. It starts in your thinking. Give God permission to increase you. Give Him permission to lavish you with good things. We think... Is it wrong for me to want to live in a nice house, drive a nice car? Is it wrong to want funds to accomplish my dreams? Or wrong to want to leave an inheritance for my children? God is saying, it's not wrong. I take pleasure in prospering you. If it was wrong to have resources, abundance, wealth, why would God have chosen Abraham to start the new covenant with? Abraham is called the father of our faith. The scripture says Abraham was the wealthiest man in all of the East. He had more livestock, more cattle, more possessions than anyone else. He was the Bill Gates of his day. God could have chosen anyone, but he chose Abraham, a man extremely blessed. David left billions of dollars for his son to build the temple. David is called a man after God's own heart. Get rid of that thinking that God wouldn't want me to have too much. That wouldn't be right. That might not look good. No, it's just the opposite. When you look good, it makes God look good. When you're blessed, prosperous, successful, it brings Him honor. I realize everything I have comes from God. This suit that I'm wearing, my car, my house, my resources, it's God's goodness. Listen, you don't have to apologize for what God has done in your life. Wear your blessings well. The scripture says, it is the Lord who gives you power to get well. God wouldn't give you power to do something and then condemn you for doing it. There's nothing wrong with you having money. The key is don't let money have you. Don't let it become the focus of your life. Don't seek the provision, seek the provider. Money is simply a tool to accomplish your destiny and to advance His kingdom. Victoria and I have big dreams in our hearts. It's going to take millions of dollars to do what's on the inside. These are dreams not just for ourselves, for a bigger this, a bigger that, but a dream to build orphanages, a dream to build medical clinics. I can't do that with a limited, lacking God doesn't want me to have too much mentality. I realize my father owns it all. He makes streets out of gold. You are not going to bankrupt heaven by believing for an abundant life. All God has to do is go pick up some pavement and give it to you. 
When you have this abundant mentality, you have a desire to advance the kingdom, God will lavish you with good things. He will open up the doors of His sky vaults to where you not only accomplish your dreams, but you can help be a blessing to the world. My prayer for you is found in Deuteronomy 1.11. It says, May the Lord God of your fathers increase you a thousand times more than you ought. Can you receive that into your spirit? A thousand times more favor. A thousand times more resources. A thousand times more income. Most of the time, our thinking goes tilt, tilt, tilt because we've been hanging out with that skinny goat too long. It's time to cut him loose. It's time to have a fatted calf mentality. God is about to press some things down. He's about to make room for more of his increase. Now get up every morning say, Lord, I want to thank you that you're opening up your sky vaults today, raining down favor, lavishing me with good things. If you'll have this abundant mentality, I believe and declare you won't live in the land of just enough, nor the land of barely enough, but you're coming into the land of more than enough. Overflow and abundant life in Jesus' name. If you receive it, can you say amen today? We never like to close our broadcast without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Would you pray with me? Just say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I'll make you my Lord and Savior. Friends, if you prayed that simple prayer, we believe you got born again. Get in a good Bible-based church. Keep God first place. He's going to take you places that you've never dreamed of. Start each day off right by having Joel lead you in declaring the truth of who you are in Christ through this powerful 31-day audio devotional, The New You. Good morning, you blessed, prosperous, successful, strong, talented, creative, confident, secure, disciplined, focused, highly favored child of the Most High God. To request your copy of The New You, visit us online or call us toll-free. To partner with Joel Osteen Ministries, visit joelosteen.com slash partner and become a champion of hope today. Tune in tomorrow morning for another broadcast of Wake Up to Hope with Joel and Victoria, right here, only on TBS. Do you have a dream God has put in your heart? Are you ready to see that dream become a reality? This month, TBN wants to build your faith with a new resource from Bishop T.D. Jakes and Pastor Mark Batterson titled, Turn Your Dream Into Your Destiny. These two gifted pastors will show you how to boldly fight for your God-given dream and victoriously step into your destiny. Every morning you wake up, you have a destiny to fulfill. And the reason I know you have a destiny to fulfill is you are not dead. When you run out of destiny, you will die. I think at some point you got to take that step of faith. And say, even if I fail, this is a dream worth going after. Through this new multi-disc series that is both audio CD and DVD, you will step into your destiny. 
It is our thank you for your gift of support to TBN this month. And in appreciation for your gift of $60 or more, we'll also include the best-selling books, Destiny by T.D. Jakes and Chase the Lion by Mark Batterson. These great books reveal how life's greatest fulfillment comes from living your divine purpose and how you can fearlessly chase after your God-sized dreams. So to help you further unwrap the reality of all God has set in place for you, we'll also send you Bishop T.D. Jakes' complete six-DVD and six-CD series, Destiny Steps, in gratitude for your gift of support of $175 to TBN. Thanks to partners and friends like you, TBN is taking the gospel message of hope and grace to millions of souls all around the world. Call 800-201-5200 or go securely online to tbn.org slash giving to share a gift of support and request your copy of the Turn Your Dream Into Your Destiny DVD CD set. Or for your gift of $60 or more, we'll add the Destiny and Chase the Lion books or receive all these resources plus Bishop Jake's complete six DVD and six CD series. Destiny Steps for your generous gift of $175 or more. Call, click, or write today. Up next, watch Joseph Prince proclaiming the gospel of grace on TBN. You're watching TBN, celebrating 43 years of God's miracles. program is sponsored by the friends and partners of Joseph Prince Ministries. Today with Joseph Prince. You give a heart to glorify Jesus and put him center place in your life. God's favor is marking you. In your business, you want to prosper because of God's kingdom to give to the Lord Jesus Christ for his purpose. God's favor is marking you. God is breathing favor towards you. Amen. God will do anything to put his son in the center. Are you listening? Because one day his son will be in the center. But now you put him in the center. The contract to show your sense. The vice seems to be a little bit more challenging. No, I'm serious. I give the best advice. I really do. I do. I, I do. The, I, I mean, this is what I do. I give the best advice. I am so good at helping others see that the cup is not half empty. It is really half full. Darceo. Until, until, until I get a little thirsty. Then that cup doesn't look as full. It's easy to say the cup is half full when you're standing under a waterfall. But let me get in a desert for a minute. And all of a sudden I don't see the same. You know, it's easy for, for me to tell people these little cliches of, of wisdom. You know, look on, the, look on the bright side. You still got your health. You don't have your job, but you got your health. Look on the bright side. That's easy for me to say while I'm standing in the sunshine. But let me have a cold, dark, dreary day. And let's see if I can find the bright side that I've so aptly pointed others to. You ever notice this, how easy it is to give a prognosis for somebody else's problem? You know what's harder? Here's what's harder. Here's what's harder. It's hard to write a prescription for your own pain. It's the most difficult thing in the world to follow the advice that you've given, to do what you know, to put into practice 
what you're yelling at your kids about. It's the hardest thing in the world. To, how, how do you write a prescription for your own pain? How do you analyze your own agony? And so what, what we do, what we do, what we do, we get in so much pain, and we either don't feel anything and we want to feel something, or we feel so much and we want to feel nothing, and so we start just popping pills, just popping pills. One time when Holly was in high school, she had her wisdom teeth taken out, and she was allergic to the medicine, the pain medicine, so the doctor told her she could just take Motrin. She could take up to three Motrin every three hours. She took a bottle of Motrin in a week, but the only thing about it was she didn't have a wisdom teeth, so she wasn't eating while she was taking the Motrin. And so what she did was she felt better for a minute, but she created an internal problem and the next time she went back to the doctor, she had a bigger problem than wisdom teeth. She had bleeding stomach ulcers. She could have died from that. She was killing herself on the inside to solve a problem that was relatively external in nature. I wonder, are you doing the same thing spiritually in some areas of your life today? What, what, what we do is we... We want any kind of cheer. So anybody or anything that makes me feel better, I'll take it. But see, when you're not eating, when you're not nourished spiritually, when you're depressed like the sailors in, in Acts chapter 27, you can't take that stuff on an empty stomach. So now you're taking something to cure your pain that's really tearing up your insights. You're, you're cre creating more problems than you're solving. Writing a prescription for your own pain. Taking a whole bottle of something just to feel something and never realizing that on the inside you're bleeding. And so we go for the quick hit, the bad cheer, the bad cheer, the, the kind of cheer that feels good for a moment and brings you crashing down so hard you despise yourself. So, so we go for that website. So we go for those images. So we start shopping with money that we don't have on credit cards that we hid from our husband. If I'm talking about you, just look at the screen and no one will know. It's your business. But I'm just telling you, you are creating a worse problem than you are solving just to feel something. And we call it two names, retail therapy. But when the therapy is causing you to have more issues, is it really therapeutic? Only Jesus can, can, can bring a, a correct prognosis. Only Jesus can tell us really. See, see, because he's a good doctor. In fact, the scriptures call him the great physician. Not just a good doctor. How many of you want a good doctor? Okay, that's great. But, but how many of you, if the one who made you didn't even have to scan you to know what was wrong with you, that would be a good thing. That's what Jesus is. The doctor is in. And I was thinking about this thing. You know, what makes a good doctor isn't that he always tells you what you want to hear. Boy, I just love my doctor. He never says anything negative. It's amazing. I mean, I had cancer for months. He didn't even bring it up. He said, you're going to have trouble in this world. It's going to get dark. It's going to, there is a storm on the way. You're going to be scattered sometimes. You're going to wake up some mornings and feel set against yourself. 
of Tharseo. Be of good cheer. When it comes over you, when the winds and the waves start to rage, you only need to know that I have already overcome what's coming over you. God, that's pretty preaching. I have already overcome. Be of good cheer. Lift up your head. Open your eyes. Good cheer. Say that loud. Good cheer. Not that circumstantial stuff. We can buy it and sell it for a dime. Don't need it. The world can offer tips to be happier, techniques to be happier. But Jesus said, I want to give you some truth so you'll have a good cheer, a good cheer in a bad situation. Jesus looked at a man one time who was lying paralyzed on a mat. The man couldn't move. Jesus looked at him, Matthew chapter 9, verse 2. He said, son, be of good cheer. What? It would have been one thing had Jesus said, be of good cheer, after he healed the man, which he eventually did, and the man got up and walked. But he didn't say it once the man was off his mat. He said it while the man was still lying paralyzed. Why? Because I don't want your cheer to be in your situational improvement. I want your cheer to be tethered to truth that even when it's dark, there's something shining on the inside. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Not that temporary fix that comes from eating too much makes you feel better for a moment, and then the moment you're having to unbutton your pants and undo your belt buckle, you're already regretting every Dorito. I don't want that for you. Not that drinking three glasses and four glasses and five glasses, and oh, I can handle it, but you're really just numbing yourself and missing moments that you could enjoy with all of your senses. Not that complaining stuff where you feel better about yourself for a minute by bringing somebody else down or by talking bad about somebody else. Not that social media stuff where you're checking, do I have 17 lines? Not that TV washing over you for four hours a night. Not that starting stuff and not finishing. And not that just going off and venting. I want a good cheer. I want our sale. I want courage and comfort that never runs out. Tell somebody next to you, I want the good stuff. I want that good stuff. I want that stuff that has no expiration date. I want that stuff that works on Friday and Saturday, not just Sunday morning. I want that Monday morning stuff. I want that my boss is a jerk, but I still got a smile stuff. I want that still standing, going through hell, water in the boat, but joy in my heart. Good cheer. Hey. High five three people. Tell them we got the good stuff today. And, um... And uh, so how, how do you check it? How do you check it? A, a, good, a, good, a good physician has to give a proper prognosis. She said you're going to have trouble. That's the forecasting of the probable cause. He has to give a good diagnosis. Tell me what's caused it. The prognosis is what is it going to do? But then that's, that's only part of it. A good physician, a great physician, would have to give a good prescription. And God said the problem with you is you've been, you've been going on WebMD spiritually trying to figure out what's wrong with you. And the reason you can't write a prescription for your own pain and you can advise other people so well is because when you're advising them, you have something that you lack once you start hurting, and that's called perspective. Pain causes you to lose your perspective. Pain causes you to OD on stuff that you know better than to touch. You know what else pain causes you to do? It causes you to treat the wrong area. I never forget, I went to go get a massage one time. I was preaching, I went to go get a massage, because I do that. 
And I went to go get a massage. And, and the lady was like, I said, my back's hurting. And then she told me, all right. She said, but it's really, it's really not your back, it's your neck. I said, no, woman. It's right there in my upper back. She said, it's called referral pain. She said, where you feel the pain is not necessarily where the pain originated. So I can work on that area if you want me to. But if you really want this to feel better, not just while you're on my table, but after you get up off my table, we got to go to the place where the pain is coming from. And, you know, there are times in our lives where we're treating and discarding and dealing with symptoms of pain, referral pain, treating the wrong areas, trying to fix stuff that really isn't broken. What's broken is often something within us. What's broken is our heart, and it leaks into the issues of our life. And so Jesus said, I want to fix what's really wrong today. But, 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 but if you go on and you start searching for it, you're going to start thinking that, that it's worse than it really is or it's better than it really is or it's different than it really is. Only the one who made you can really diagnose you. And so what we need today is a divine diagnosis. And the Lord wants to teach us how to do this in the very few moments that I have left remaining. Now, I have three of these. We'll probably only get to one or two, but that's all right. Because I want to teach you how to give yourself the next time that you are down, how to diagnose with God's help and the Spirit of God, which can help you do this. How to di- just, some, just some quick things to help you a- answer the question, why am I so down? Like the psalmist prayed that time. Why are you downcast, O oh my soul? I need to diagnose this. I don't want to spend another week depressed and down. And the kid's wondering, why is mom never happy? And the kid's wondering, why is dad always mad? So I've got to check my cheer. How do I do it? All right, number one. This is very simple but very profound. Trust me. Check your countenance. Countenance. I mean, your literal, physical, facial expression. This is something I've been paying attention to lately. Because everybody has a, a default demeanor. And we're going to do a little quiz. All right. For those of you that are married or you're sitting next to somebody that's a friend of yours or something like that, which of these faces, they have some, all these beautiful faces up here on the screen, these emoticons, which of these most accurately represents the default demeanor of your significant other? Which one? Which, which one most accurately represents your default demeanor? I'm just talking about, you know, like you have a resting heart rate. But you also have a resting facial expression. And just when you're not thinking about it, when you're just not even paying attention, which one is most like you? And I'm afraid, church, I'm afraid that mine is that, that mean mug. And I need to talk about this because I've been working through it, and you're cheaper than counseling. But I've been thinking lately, I think I have a hateful face. I do. I mean, I, sometimes I watch myself preach, and I'm like, young man, who hurt you? Why are you so frustrated? I mean, I just, I was, I, okay, I was shooting a video the other day. This is really what brought it out. There are two things that showed me that this is my default expression. One is that Holly 
regularly walks up to me and starts rubbing my eyebrows. I'm like, what are you doing? Bringing lavender over, you know. What are you doing? You just look so, I know you're focused, but you look so angry, Mr. Potato Head. You know, swap out your, trying to like fix my eyes. The other thing, and I, I kind of thought, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm happy, I'm happy first. But then, the other day I was doing a video shoot, and when I do the video shoot, by the time you see it on TV or wherever it comes on, it always looks, I'm always like, by the time I'm talking to the camera, I'm just like so friendly. Welcome to the Elevation Experience. We love you, we pray for you. But then one time I wanted to see the shot, and I asked the video team, I said, show me the shot, and they showed me some of the footage of me between takes so I could see what the shot looked like. And I, I thought to myself, I, I look miserable. And they wouldn't believe me, so I actually had them pull some of the clips. And what you're going to see is, you're going to see one face from me, and then when, when it is action, watch how the countenance changes. Just check it out. I'd love the opportunity to pray with you now. It's almost Easter. But we need to hear from you this week. Well, like I said in the message, when it's time, it's time. And right now, it's time for me to go. Let's be honest, there is not one of us. My, how the time has flown. It's already the fifth and final week of the power of saying. Okay. There are very few preachers who love you enough to show you this kind of stuff. I just want to point that out. That's funny, huh? All right, now it's your turn. Because we got cameras every week that not only film my preaching, but they film the audience response. Oh, yeah, we're going there right now. Now, if you're not at the Blakeby campus, you're good. You're good. Let's, let's ease our way into this, though. Every week for the TV program, some of you watching on TV, hello, what's up? Every week for the TV program, they go in and they, show, they edit the show. When they edit the show, they show the crowd response to my message. Because people want to see, hey, somebody's listening to this guy. Hey, that person looks normal. They go to his church. Maybe I'll keep watching. So when we do it, we pick people to put in the shot. Yes, we screen carefully. Who can we put in the shot that looks engaged, that looks excited, that looks happy? And so a typical TV edit might look like this. God's Word will give you a sense of inner illumination. It says that it will light up the path. Now, it doesn't say that it will always light up the finish line. It says it will light up the path, which means that happiness is not a destination, but happiness is a path that is connected to God's Word and convergent with God's Word. But, you know, it's crazy. We'll, we'll avoid gluten in our diet, but we'll let grumbling get into our heart, which is much more toxic to the ultimate outcome of our life, for everything you do flows from it. See how cheerful they look? How engaged she looked? How happy?
happy they look, how agreeable. But I, I told them, put together some outtakes. Show them the people that we didn't show. Put together a little compilation. And some of y'all, when you see this, you're going to feel sorry for the people that come on the screen. Oh, that's mean. They said, no, feel sorry for me that this is what I have to look at while I preach. Roll the thing. God's word will give you a sense of inner illumination. It says that it will light up the path. Now, it doesn't say that it will always light up the finish line. It says it will light up the path which means that happiness is not a destination, but happiness is a path that is connected to God's work and convergent with God's work. But, you know, it's crazy. We'll, we'll avoid gluten in our diet, but we'll let grumbling get into our heart, which is much more toxic to the ultimate outcome of our life, for everything you do flows from it. Jeremiah, in the book of Jeremiah, he's calling, God's calling Jeremiah to be a minister, and he gave him a speech, and I never understood this verse until I became a pastor. He said, Jeremiah 1, do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you. Come on, tell the person next to you, if you're happy, and you know it, tell your face. anymore about how you physically look. I understand some of us, you know, you're saying, well, I'm not looking, but I'm not angry. I'm just focused. I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking. That's great. That's great. But do you know how many people go through life with a cheerless countenance? Just like, like I remember in middle school, I went to a middle school where there was a lot of uh, fighting. And, and so what you learn to do when you're a small guy is you look tough. And if you just look crazy enough in your eyes, nobody will mess with you. I learned that. You've got to look like you've got a brick in your backpack or something. Everybody leave you alone. So I just learned to walk through the halls like, 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 you know. And I think that's where it started. You just, if you go through something early in life that's hard, you go through life with a harsh countenance. Gritting your teeth and... Now, I've been trying an experiment lately. I'm like, I wonder if my emotions can be tricked by my face. So lately, I've just been forcing myself to have a better facial expression in hopes. You know how, like, in basketball, there's a head fake. You can head fake your opponent. I'm going this way. No, I'm not. I'm going that way. It's a head fake. I'm wondering, can you face fake the devil? I'm wondering. I'm wondering. I'm just trying this. I've been trying a little while now. Like, I'll just bust out in a spontaneous smile. Just the dumbest 
stupidest, looking for just, I'll be in the middle of a situation, you know, frustrated, fed up, and I just start smiling. Just, and you know, your emotions really aren't that smart. I found out you can lead them where you tell them to go. You can just, hey, I love traffic. This is more time for me to pray. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta laugh, just laugh, going through hell, just laugh, just force out, just ha 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 ha. Car broke down again. Ha 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 ha. Just, just put a different look on your face and send a different signal to your soul. We're gonna get through this. We're not just gonna survive it either. We're gonna thrive today. I'm gonna smile about it. Today's message is just one of a four-part series called mood swingers where i teach you some of the practical ways that the bible can help you take control of your moods before they take control of you that's so great and if they take control of you they're going to run your life mm. but if you get these messages i believe they'll speak encouragement to you yeah. give you some practical solutions some of the messages are the great emoticon i love it it's all about how our mind plays tricks on us mm -hmm. our moods play tricks mm -hmm. on us the cheer up checkup how to diagnose yourself. You know, you can't wait on somebody else okay. to encourage you from time to time. Sometimes you got to encourage yourself. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Beating burnout. That's my personal favorite. That's where we talk about how to have pure joy, the kind of joy that will last through the night. And then the orchid and the oak tree, a uh, message that you preached, Holly. Yeah. Talking about how we don't have to make things so complicated. Yeah. We, don't we have can to simplify. Yep. Yeah. And even though life is complex, there really is a simplicity that comes through focus when we take charge yeah. of how we feel according to what God says. And today we want to give you that chance. For a gift of any amount, you can get the entire Mood Swingers DVD series, all those messages that he just mentioned. All you have to do is call the number on your screen or visit us online at stephenfurtick.com. And trust me when I say you are going to want to get your hands on this DVD set for yourself, for your family, and, and for your friends. Yep. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Elevation Experience. Can't wait to see you next time. God bless you. If you enjoyed today's message on the Elevation Experience, then we've got a special offer for you. For a limited time only, we are offering the Mood Swinger series on DVD for a donation of any amount. Life's full of ups and downs. There are so many outside factors in our lives that can swing our emotions from good to bad. A passionate life filled with drive and purpose is not something that's easily sustainable. In fact, life can often feel like it's smothering us, but that is never God's plan. Through Pastor Stephen's teachings, you'll learn what the Bible says about fighting our feelings and discover how to take control of your moods before they take control of you. See, if your attitude is a byproduct of your circumstance, your emotions will always be out of control. But if your attitude is not a, a, a result of your circumstance, but it's the result of the character of God, watch what you can do. You can swing that thing in the other direction. Also included is a bonus teaching from Pastor Stephen's wife, Holly, on the importance of being rooted in Christ so we can handle all that life throws at us. When those big frustrations come into your life, do you live like you know that what's beyond my control is in his control? For a donation of any amount, you can receive the Mood Swingers teaching series on DVD. Just visit us online at stephenfurtick.com or call us toll-free at the number on your screen to request this resource today. Thank you for tuning in to the Elevation Experience. Spirit of God, fall fresh on
chill out. I'm not asking you to break up with somebody today. I'm talking about breaking up with comfortable Christianity. We've got your 2017 covered right here on the Hillsong Channel. I'm Brian Houston. You are watching Spears. We've got an exciting show in store for you today. Welcome, everybody, from wherever you're watching. God is the creator of history. Hello, somebody. You don't want to miss a moment of this exclusive coverage. We're going to take you everywhere you need to go. They'd ask questions like, well, how, how come we don't have a house, Mummy? And I didn't know who I was. We've had the opportunity to travel around the world. Things can get pretty crazy. I'm in a virgin suit. I will never forget what I saw that night. We champions, women. This is what do you think. The church is advancing. So blessed. More than 28,000 delegates from more than 70 nations are represented here. And you'd be surprised what people say. <laughs> it's about how you finish. A year of bringing you the best on the Hillsong Channel. Imagine a way that you could partner with Hillsong and be resourced for your life's journey. Imagine having a continuous stream of great messages, music, and merchandise designed to help you be an influence in every sphere of life. Imagine making a difference in a way that will literally surprise you every month. Introducing the Hillsong Team Box, an exclusive monthly subscription that delivers everything Hillsong directly to your door. Here's how it works. Each month, we'll send you the Hillsong Team Box full of exclusive resources at 50% off. Free shipping in the U.S. and no hidden fees. You can't receive this mix of resources any other way. So what's in the box? A combination of the best of Hillsong and friends. Worship, books, t-shirts, apparel, devotionals, and more. Join a group of people across the globe who are bringing the hope of Jesus to humanity. Visit hillsong.com forward slash team to join today. Afraid to lose 
the popularity, afraid to lose what their friends might think about them if they come out and say, I'm a born-again, spirit-filled, Bible-believing Christian that loves everybody, and I'm going to worship Jesus wherever I'm at, and I'm going to pray, whether I'm on the football field, in the baseball stadium, in my workplace, or in my home. God called you to stand out. I dare you to be a Daniel. I dare you to be a Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. In this society, everybody bowed down. Look at verse 7. As the Download the free Stingray Music mobile app.
You're listening to Stingray Music. destination in my view the road may be bumpy getting there but I'm pressing through I will enjoy this journey no matter come when may I'll become better and stronger and wiser every day. I've got a vision and a purpose, a divine destiny. It may not look like it right now, but faith ain't what I see. It is the things I hope for. Believing that it will come And no matter how long it takes I know God's will shall be done His will is that I prosper His will is that I
No. 
All right, all right, all right. I'll take you there. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. I'll take you there. All righty. I guess I'm going to take myself there. there. Woohoo! I'll take you there. Okay, what you got? What you working with, Cisco? I don't know, Ebert. All right, Russia to go Bosia can run to go say she 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 to go San Raka. Horrible she to go say she to go say she to go say she to go run Raka. Horrible she to go say she to go say she to go say she to go say she to go run Raka. Horrible she to go say 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 to go say she to go say she to go say she to go Harambushi to go say she to go say she to go say she to come bry. Whoa. 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 Bush kahanyere to go be kahaha. Ho kahanya ko sikya hombo korandi to go sakandi to go boko. Koshi kaha. Bush kahanyende to go boho ho ho ho. Nyiromboko, Shakan Rossi, Burayaka, Sendiro Kosa, Nyiromboko, Sierra Kumbaka, Horoshandire, Shirokose, Horombo, Shirakan Rossi, Kahandra, Horombo, Yara Kumbusike, Horandishi, Roko Horaka, Horandiki, Roko Sakaha, Horandiki Rokoseki Rokoseti Rokoseti Shukrandaka Horandiki Rokosaka Horandiki Shirakombaka Horandiki Rokosaka Haramboko Horandiki Rokasandaka Horokosa Herindiki Rokosandaka Horishande Horasanda Horashinde, Horashanda, Horashiri Rakosa, Horashiri Rakosa, Horumbuko, Horashandi Rakose, Horumbrasha, Horumbrandi Rakosa, Horandishi Rakose, 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 Yeah, 
Haradike, Shiragosa, Haradike, Shiragosa, Shiragaha, ha. We praise you, Daddy God. We glorify you, Holy Spirit. Only because of you, Father. Hayadokosaka, your grace, your mercy, your favor, your love. Father God, you, you, all because of you, Lord. All because of you, Father God. You are God and God alone. We thank you, Father, for moving, for keeping, for holding, for healing, for holding, for just yet a kabosha, for giving. Thank you, Father God. We speak life. Life, Lord. Shukrashi Nakosaka. Life, Lord. Shirandikrasada. Ooh, yes, 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 Lord. Ooh, let the Spirit of God permeate. Let the Spirit of God permeate. Shirandikrasada. Let the anointing of Christ increase. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yerandikrasada. Yerandikrasada. You throwing this away, right? What? These cans? No. You see that stuff is on top of that? Yeah. We throwing those away. Okay. Run to the go say shit 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 go say shit
victory. Victory. I proclaim victory. Mm, mm, mm. We are the head, not the tail. I proclaim victory, Father. We will walk under the unison, under the one accord of the Holy Spirit. We will not back down. We will rise up victorious. We will not quit. We will not turn around. We will press on ahead, Father, seeking and trusting you, Father. Your word is taking precedence in our life. Your word is making the difference. Your word, Lord, is what's causing the changes to occur, Father. Your word has gone forth. It is trailblazed. It has made the path for us to walk down, Father. He said the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord. The Holy Spirit has gone before us and made the path for the Lord. We're walking down the pathway that you have chosen for us to walk. We're following your leadership as you are continuously leading us deeper into you, Lord. As you are continuously touching our hearts our situations and circumstances, and moving things around, moving things about, Father. Your grace, your mercy, and your favor, Father, is what making a difference in our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Started on these lists. Happy, happy, joy, joy. Cat, you need to do something. You're fired. Cat ain't paying me no attention. Cat, don't pay me no attention. Oh, Cat. You ain't got to pay me no attention, so I'm going to get you back. Yeah, I'm talking to you. What? Uh, All right. Since ain't nobody going to do the list, I guess it's not on my list. Uh, (laughs) Oh, Happy, happy, joy, joy. Alrighty. 
Let's start with Morgan Farley. Yes, should have go Sandra. Should have go say. 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 Should have go Sandaka. Go should have go say. Should have go say. Should have go say. Should have go Sandaka. Korosaka Sakara. Courtney Collin Brandon. Who should have go say. 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 Should have go Sandaka. Who should have go say. Should have go say. Should have go say. Should have go Sandaka. Who should have go say. Should have go Sandaka. Sakara. Nick Brandon, Holly Samantha, who should have grande, should have go say, should have go grande, get a go saka, who grande, get a go say, should have go say, should have go say, should have go saka, who did a go saraka, said the Gasidica, said the Gosaraka, said the Gasa, Haragadaraka, said the Gasaraka, Sakara. Marissa de Mars and Maya, how should I go say, 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 should I go saraka, how should I go say, 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 should I go saraka. Charles Griggs, Who should go say, 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 should go Sanaga? Who should go say, should go say, should go say, should go Sanaga? Horadaka, Sakara. Benny Free, who should go say, should go Saraka? Horia go say, should go say, should go Saraka? Horiataka, Sakara. Brandon's kids and grandkids, who should go say, 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 should go Saraka? Nora, Sakara. Ebony Pearson, who should go say, 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 Sakara. Daria Jackson, who should go say, should brandy the gosa, Harry the gosa, should a grossy the gosa, Randy the gosa, should a gosaraka, Randy the gosa, should a grossa, Sakara. Girl tried to commit suicide, Haradeshi the gosa, should a gosa, should a gosaraka, Haradeshi the gosa, should a gosaraka, Sakara. Arthur's kids, Yadda go say, Shiro go son, Randy go say, Shiro go say, Shindranaka, Sakara. Nobody else on the list, Ho Shiro go say, 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 Shiro go Saraga, Sakara. Aunt Dot, Ho Shiro go say, 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 Shiro go Saraga, Ho Shiro go say, Shiro go Saraga, Sakara. Pitch family, who should go say, 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 Horasaka, Sakara. Egan Lavinia, Horoshi, the Gosay, should go say, should go say, should go say, should go Saraga, Sakara. William and Anna Phillips, who should go say, 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 should go Randoka, Sakara. Stephanie, who should go say, 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 should go Saraga? Who should go say, should go say, should go say, should go Saraga? Sakara. Bonita. Who should go say, should go say, grand go say, should go say, this should go say, should go Saraga? Who should go say, should go grand go say, should go Saraga? Who should go say, should grand go Saraga? Sakara. The Reddick family. Haran Bosidika, Haran Bokra Sidi, Haran Bokra and the Gosation Rasidi. Harambushi to go say, she 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 to go Saraga, Hakara. Eugene Rogers, Horashi to go say, she 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 to go say, Horasa, 
Bakara. Share impact. Hush it'll go search 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 it'll go saga. Bakara. Man in a wheelchair. Hush it'll go search 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 it'll go Trina, Hush 
your value and uncle, Amanda, Susie Webb, your man from 7th Street. Rochelle.
Lisa Big Hair Brown,
the usual, how the kids, blah, 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 and so on and so on. And I told my father-in-law, you know, I said, well, just keep praying for them. I said, they're doing very well. They know God and on and on and on. So when I got off the phone, the nurse called me back. She said, stop asking people to pray for you. I said, I said, well, my father-in-law, she said, no. She said, that woman is evil. She said, I had to bind up that witchcraft last night. She said, because she was sitting there saying, if something happens to me, uh, my grandkids ain't going to be nothing. You know, and she said, I told, I she said, I, I blessed her out in the name of God. She said, I bound all that stuff up. And she said, your father-in-law jumped on her and said, stop speaking that witchcraft over those children, you know. So I said, Lord, and she, I don't know, she's always been like that. I don't know what that is. You're speaking witchcraft over your children? Over all four of the grandchildren. Mm, My, gr- yeah. Like she just, just says, like she, I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I don't know what that is. I think you just said what it is. <laughs> yeah, you're right, witchcraft. But she said I've had to get on her several times about saying stuff about about those children like that. You know, well, if I'm losing, if my memory going, my kids go, my grandkids gonna lose their mind too. And she said she'd be telling her, you better stop that mess in the name of Jesus. Like you, you a lie. What's that family's name? I'm going to put them on the list. <laughs> Harris. Harris. Ooh. Same as me, Harris. Harris family. All right, Father God, I'm going to lift up the Harris family right now. Oh, Lord, really, this is this is what I have to do. Oh, oh, really, 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 really. Father God, I plead your precious blood over that life, over that family. I plead your precious Holy Ghost anointed blood over that family, Father. <laughs> Lord, I plead your blood over that family, Lord. You died for them just as you died for each and everybody on this line. Amen. You love her, Father, just as much as you love me, Father, just as much as you love Erica, Vanessa, everybody that's on this line, you love her, Father. She's been blinded by the enemy. That's all it is, Lord. She don't know no other way but God. But God, she has yielded her spirit to be used by the enemy, Father. She has yielded her spirit through her hurt, through her pain, to be used by the enemy. But, Lord, you know when you had those 39 stripes on your back, you had that on behalf of her as well. On behalf of her as well, Lord. 
She's hardened and she's hurting. She's trapped in pain and suffering years of bondage. But God, but God, Lord, I'm just asking, which one of those are you not capable of dealing with? Which one of those issues are you not capable of dealing with? Because if I remember in your word, you said you not only came into the world, but you overcame the world. That means everything that she's dealing with, everything that she's facing, you faced it and you overcame it. Man. So, Father, we're standing in behalf of her right here, right now, Lord. And I'm asking you to love on her. Because in your word it says, love covers a multitude of sins. I'm asking you to love on her with the agape kind of love that only you can have. As you begin to reach out to her, as you begin to grab hold of her, say, look, let me show you something. I'm going to show you what you've really been seeking because you're dealing with a counterfeit. I'm going to show you what true love is because you're dealing with a counterfeit. I'm going to help to heal your hurt because you're dealing with a counterfeit. I'm going to show you what true power is because you're dealing with a counterfeit. And Satan ain't got nothing to do with this. Satan, we bind you right now in the name of Jesus. Get off of her. Amen. Get off of her. Get off of her right now in the name of Jesus. <laughs> clean that house, Lord. Let your spirit go through and clean. Push all that ungodliness out. Break down those altars right now. Send your warring angels in there to begin to obliterate those altars. Cause them to fall apart. Cause them to cease and desist. Let Michael go forth and just whatever needs to be done, Father, to show her that you are God. What she's been seeking all this time is a counterfeit. Show her that, Father. Show her and open up her eyes, her ears, and her heart so she can truly see what she's serving is not real. There's something better. There's something So, Holy Spirit, you've been striving with us from the beginning. Grab hold of her. Grab hold of that family. Don't let her leave this earth without seeing than having the opportunity to come to you, Lord. Whatever needs to be done, Father, we ask you to move in that capacity. For our shadow of our Father, we stand in the gap on behalf of that family. Lord, perform, do whatever needs to be done. In your holy name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. I tell you, the devil will try to take, because he tried to do it with me when my husband died. He will try to take all of that bitterness, strife, hurt, abandonment, rejection, and just really, really try to feed you a line of mess. You know? Yep. And I was, and I could see it, and I could feel it, and I'm like, no, no, uh-uh, no. No, you will not have me, no. 
Jesus in heaven. For the way maker, the provider, the almighty. In your name we trust, Lord. You have shown us who you are, Jesus, Lord. You are mighty God, Father, and I rebuke anything that the enemy is trying to destroy my family with and any other family, Lord. And, and oh, God, I just thank you for this prayer line and the people in my life, Jesus. Mm, Lord have mercy. I pray blessings over Nana and Noah Harris. I pray blessings over them in peace, Lord. Mm-mm. Wow. Peace, Lord. Peace. Wow. Jesus. Run to go say, wow, Father. Mm. Mm. Run to go say, go, yes, Father God. Run to go yes, Lord. Break those bondages, Lord. Break it, Father. Break it, Lord. Break those bondages, Lord. I rebuke any witchcraft that's spoken, Lord. I rebuke it over me, over all of those children, over Jessica, CJ, Everson, and Alyssa. I rebuke it, Lord. In your name, I rebuke it. Yes, 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 Lord. You have put a work, you have put a work in those children. Yes, yes, and I yes. know that you have Jesus, and you know, you know, you have something for them. I, I see it. I see it on my children's lives, Lord. I see it on them, Lord. My children minister to me sometime, uh, Mr. Sam, so I know God is in the mix. Just keep praising you, Father God. As you're making a way out of nowhere, you're God, Lord. Amen. You're God, Lord. You're God. This ran up on a bad wreck. I'm sure you heard those sirens. Need to believe and trust, and that's what we're doing right now, Lord. We believe that you're going to make a way out of nowhere regarding that family, Lord. We trust yes, you Lord. speak to them, Father, <laughs> in spite of whatever's going on, Lord. We speak your word. What do we just say? Love covers a multitude of sins. So, Lord, you're going to love on them. Mm-mm-mm. The enemy can't do nothing but turn around and go the opposite way because light has now penetrated that darkness and the love of God is going to come forth and move and move and move. Amen, amen, and amen. Thank you, Daddy God. Amen, amen. Jesus, amen. Amen. Yep. Well, I got caught in a little nasty wreck, so I'm a little late. I'm going to run on up in this building in about three or four minutes, so I'm going to call my mom real quick and holler at her. Thank you, Smokey. <clears throat> Thank you so much, Mr. Sam. 
No problem. You have a blessed day now. Okey doke 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 doke. Bye. Bye. I got issues, but I know it. All right, I gotta do my. Y'all can hold on while I juice. Okay. All righty. All right, G. All right, G. All right, G. Ah, arapa, arapa, da. Okay, um, anybody want to do any other list? Anybody want to do any of the other list? Going once, going twice, going three times. Abuse and addiction. Shran Rashi, the Gossation, 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 Sakara. Tres is a missionary. Yana to go station 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 to Saraga. Sakara. Precious to ministry in the family. Yana to go station to go station to go around to go station to go Saraga. Sakara. Seats and houses. Precious in the family. Stick and shut in. Unsaved. Abuse and addiction. Congregation church. Prison and missionaries. I think that's all of them. So next is walking in the realm of the supernatural. Around to go station to go station to go station to go station to go Saraga. Sakara. Now is wisdom and understanding. Yes, you go station, 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 Help healing and restoration. Shit, 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 shit,
Yep. Uh, I expect a, a text message or a phone call later on. I, I understand. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh-uh. Not for me. Not at all. Oh. No. 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 Because the first freedom is in our minds. Oh. All right, Joyce Meyer. Woo-hoo. Yes. The first freedom is in your mind. Free your mind and the rest will follow. That's not Joyce oh. Meyer. That's, that's uh, in vogue. <laughs> I'm about to say, I know that sounds familiar. There we go. All right, now. (laughs) Free your mind. Free your mind. Ooh, I found a can of Mountain Dew up under my dirty, up under my um, clothes basket. Oh, nice. Look at you, hiding the liquor. If that wasn't the liquor, she don't want nobody to find it. She got to hide (laughs) spots. That sound like a straight up crackhead move right there. Mm-hmm. I'm found. <laughs> You're hiding the liquor, people. Mm-hmm. It's all good. I ain't mad at you. You could have writing contracts, right? Isn't mm-hmm. that what you do? Yeah, that's part of what I do, dear. Writing contracts. Okay, that's good. But you got one you might need to um, write up. Mm-hmm. I'm scared of coming from you, but anyway. Terms and conditions. Terms and Shine oh, go now. get the door. Go get the door. What'd you say? Shine the light. Shine a now. Shine a now. Shine a now. Oh. Oh, okay. When you, um, I'll call you in a minute. Mm-hmm. You can, uh, you, you know, a little announcement. Yeah, well, I'm going to put the music on and... I got a few phone calls to make and business to take. I got to take care of my business because I got a business to run. Ain't got to business, McNeil. I'm not dressed. Big old old tired faces looking at me. What's going to happen, son? I'm going to get you my right now. This is real done. Mm, so God you know. bless you mm-hmm. and your ministry. Watch the hair. Watch the hair. Don't let them get the hair. Yeah, well, not yet, but no. That's all right. I know where to find you. Love you. Come on. 
young man walked up to her and said, Mother, why are you calling on Jesus? Shouldn't you be calling on FEMA? Shouldn't you be calling on the Red Cross, Salvation Army? Or better yet, shouldn't you be calling on President Bush and Cheney and those? And she said, son, you don't understand. There's a reason why I'm calling on that name. Because that's the name that's above every name. And she said, there's a reason why I'm calling on that name, Jesus. And you know what she told that young boy? She said, come here, let me tell you why I call on that name. Savior, Savior, Savior. Come on, help me say that. Savior, Savior, Savior. Anybody know him as a Savior? Savior, Savior, Savior. What's his name? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Come on, help me say Savior. Savior, Savior, Savior. Everybody, lift your voice. Savior, was rushing by with a stretcher. They had an old man on the stretcher that had a seizure because he couldn't get his medication and his prescription. And she stopped him and said, where are you taking this man? They said, we're trying to get him over to the triage unit and get him some medical attention. She said, let me look at him. And while she was looking at the old man, a young girl came up with a baby in her arm, and the baby had a fever. She said, let me look at the baby, too. And the young boy said, why you want to look at these folks? Why you want to look at these folks? You know what she told him? Healer, healer, healer. That's what the old mother said. Healer, healer, healer. I wish y'all would help me say that up in here. Come on. Healer, healer, healer. What's his name? Anybody know him as a healer? Come on. Healer, healer, healer. Why don't you wave your hand and say healer? Healer, healer, healer. Yeah, he's a healer. Healer, healer, healer. What's the Lord's name? Jesus, Jesus. Well, about that time, there was a big commotion over by the exit door. Folks was rushing over to the exit door to see what was going on. They was making a lot of noise, and somebody sent a note, and it said there were three tractor trailers out there with food, water, and medicine, and, 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 and Mother started to really cry now. She really lost it now. And then somebody else sent another note, said there were two more tractor trailers that just showed up with dry clothes and pampers and, and all the other stuff that they needed. And Mother just lost it. She just started boo-hooing all over the place. And the young boy walked up to Mother and said, Mother, why are you crying now? You ought to be rejoicing. You ought to be shouting and rejoicing. Why are you crying now? She said, Son, once again, you don't understand. You know what she told him? She lifted up her hand. She said, thank you, thank you, thank you. Come on, y'all, help me here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Anybody want to tell him thank you? Yeah, what's his name? Jesus, Jesus. He's a strong. 
Okay. Okay, class, let's get ready for the reading today to see what's going to happen today as we go down the path for your educational higher learning. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I see you are nice and chipper. I'm very, very chipper, chipper. Yoo-hoo. I see you took on a new accent, went up a couple of octaves. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Sounds yeah. good, sounds good. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh, Well, you want to open up in prayer, dear, so we can go down this pathway high learning? Why, sure, why, sure, why, sure. Lord, thank you for all who's on the prayer line this morning, for you gave us victory to give you high praise and fulfill your will in another one of your glorious and spectacular days. Lord, as we all come in for class to learn your word and to be enriched and empowered to go out and to spread your word to listening, itchy ears, to know of you. Lord, as we go through today with learning your learning your word and feasting on it, we are much thankful. We are putting ourselves into formation for obedience to you. But Lord, you are a power source and nothing else gives us power like you. So as we go through today, we pray and uplift everyone on the prayer line as well as our host speaker. Thank you for being obedient. Thank you for letting us stay focused to come on every morning and to give your word. And thank you for working through him. In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. And welcome in the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. As we discuss the various arts on the mountain of celebration, we will need to address the question of skill. Our local churches talked about this a lot as we try to come up with a balance. We don't want to prioritize skill over anointing, but we also understand that if someone is really anointed in the area, then some level of skill should either be there or readily attainable. We don't want lazy anointed musicians and singers Neither do we want musicians and singers who are skilled but lack the character or spirit required. Earlier in this chapter, as we look at 1 Chronicles 25 and 1, the passage where David appointed son of the sons of Asaph to prophesy musically. That passage goes on to address the matter of skill. So the number of them with their brethren who were instructed in the songs of the Lord, all who were skillful, was 288. Consider also what David wrote in Psalms 33. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise from the upright is beautiful. Praise the Lord with the heart. Make melody to him with the instrument of ten ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. There are other passages that let us know how important skill was during the reign of Solomon and David. This verse is insightful in that he wanted a new song. Prophetic music is always a new song the bubbling forth from a prophetic flow that can surface when we are in a deep place of worship with God. If we overestimate the value of skill and make it an idol, however, 
We can fill a worship team of Christian band with natural excellence that's empty of the spirit of excellence. The level of Second Chronicles 5.11 was first described as those who came out of the most holy place before they were listed as skillful. The holy place is the first priority. The level of skill must not be detrimental to a good sound, but we get a distortion of what God wants if we prioritize the wrong thing. The goal is to have skill, anointing, and passion, and the abundance of all three. The greater the exposure God has given us, the more we must be in advance. Oh, wow. I think that's powerful. The The goal is to have skill, anointing, and passion, and an abundance of all three. The greater the exposure God has given us, the more we must be advancing in all three. If one is low, there should be more of the others. Even the world values passion and will overlook certain technical faults if the overall product is good. The other value is sex appeal, which comes from the Jezebel influence they are under. We need to be clear on this. Skill alone will never convince the world that we are plugged into a greater creative flow. Excellence will not by itself win or prove anything. We are looking for an it factor that is unexplainable and divine. This factor is the favor and anointing of God that may defy natural perceptions. It's the fingerprint of God on, on us that tells the world, hey, you need to listen to this. This is what causes people to realize these uneducated, ordinary disciples have been with Jesus, Acts 4 and 13. It is also the stature and favor that Jesus had. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature and favor with God and man, Luke 2 and 5, 52. If Christians are to, be, are to be the lead domino in the world of music or any area of celebration and culture, we must have people who know their kingdom identity. This identity is the purpose or mission of taking this mountain of celebration, arts, and displacing the enemy off, off of it. If we know the specific enemy is Jezebel and her counterfeiting, perverting Hivites, we can climb this mountain wearing the appropriate armor. May an uncompromising army arise and begin to move forward on this mountain. The art of one world-class artist is selling for between 50000 and $1 million per piece. Aiken is 12 years old and has been on... Aiken is 12 years old and has been on every imaginable television show and has drawn unbelievable secular attention. Yet she is a very devoted, uncompromising Christian who freely confesses that her art depicts heaven, which she has visited several times since she was since she was four. No one can really argue with her because her art is so profound and awe-inspiring that it clearly has been with Jesus' fingerprint on it. She is a, a perfect first-fruit example of what will be coming out of the house of the Lord. Achean's excellence is impressive, but it's what she has seen that makes her art such a great treasure. She has said that when she teaches children how to draw, she's actually teaching them how to see. Mm. She may not even know it, but she is functioning out of a power prophetic gifting. Mm. Mm. The awesome power of God contained in his creative release is available for his kids. We can try for hours to tell someone just how compassionate and kind he is, but Aiken has a picture of his face and eyes that speak more than a thousand words could. An invasion of Elijah Revolution of kids of any age is about to take the world by storm. The art will be excellent, but what they have seen will be true, but what they have seen will be what really captures the world's imagination, and that will bring down to the measure of heaven to earth. In all the arts, as we are on earth, agree with heaven, we release heaven on earth. There are sounds of heaven to be captured that will cause the world to buckle to its knees and confess that there is a God. 
There are images of heaven that will convince the world of the reality of his supernatural dimension. Art actually releases into the atmosphere whatever is captured on this easel. Redemption, forgiveness, redemption, forgiveness, rejoicing, mercy, hope, faith, and love can all be released through art. This powerful tool must be fully recovered as a weapon by the children of God of this generation. Mm. All movies have a prophetic power to them. Jezebel uses them to release her darkness and decadence. <laughs> oh, Jesus, here we go. Oh, y'all going to laugh on this one. Brokeback Mountain released permission for homosexual behavior across the globe. The Harry Potter movies released acceptance of the occult. These are only two examples among many. We have only recently begun to see some godly prophesying come out of Hollywood. The passion of Christ was huge in his global impact, and we only fully know how great it was in eternity. It is important that God shows the world how severe a price he paid for the earth before he begins to manifest himself as Lord of hosts and ruler of the nations. We tend to look at the impact of these things in terms of number of conversions, but there's much more to it than that. This movie served as a John of the Baptist type of precursor to Jesus' lordship on earth. God's righteous judgments comes on the heels of establishing his right to this planet and everyone on it. The whole world was left on the image of Jesus and the cross and a high level of accountability. The Lord of the Rings trilogy also released prophetic announcements and warnings to the world. Those with less biblical theology than the Passion, ending with the return of the king, was one way the Lord got a measure of his message out. So was the Chronicles of Narnia, a movie that clearly laid out Jesus' work on the cross and showed him as a returning lion. These are very powerful, not just as an evangelism, but as a prophetic preparing of the way, before the Lord's new level intervention in the affairs of man. Jesus said that if his people don't get the right message and response out, God will raise up stones to cry out, Luke 19 and 40. Rocks may or may not get all the theology just right, but they can serve God's purposes. So the Lord is going to raise and release a new kind of prophet, one that prophesies through movies, television shows, or Broadway productions. These Halloween prophets will understand the kingdom of God and the mountain from which Jezebel must be displaced. The goal will not just be having Christian fear on television or at the theater. That's a weak and flimsy compromise, not a revolution. It's not enough just to portray Sunday school on the big screen and expect that to displace Hollywood's products. In the heart of our creator are the most exciting stories and adventures in the world, and they aren't fiction, though they can be portrayed as such. Prophets will see something in the spirit that will capture the hearts and minds of a generation and use entertainment media to prophesy. These revolutionaries are going to see into God's heart and be the new Elijahs of our generation. All righty. Very, very interesting. Ugh. Ugh. Hold on one second before I reread this. Ouch, 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 ouch.
climbing up this mountain But the strength to it to make it to the top It's like I'm trying to run a marathon With no legs or feet hoping that I won't drop It's like I'm swimming in the ocean With nowhere to breathe, no one to rescue me Every second without you I just can't do this without you So when the world says yes Lord, I'll say no And when it's trouble all around me I know I have some place to go You've given me victory You've got my whole life in your hands I want the world Back into the reading. How important is skill? 
As we discuss the various arts on the mountain of celebration, we will need to address the question of skill. Our local churches talked about this a lot as we've tried to come up with a balance. We don't want to prioritize skill over anointing, but we also understand that if someone is really anointed in an area, then some level of skill should either be there or readily attainable. We don't want lazy anointed musicians and singers, neither do we want musicians and singers who are skilled but lack the character or spiritual spirit required. Early in this chapter, we looked at First Chronicle 25 and 1, the passage where David appointed some of the sons of Asaph to prophet, prophesy musically. The passage goes on to address the matter of skill. So the number of them with their brethren who were instructed in the songs of the Lord, all who were skillful, was 288, verse 7. Consider also what David wrote in Psalms 33. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous, for praise from the upright is beautiful. Praise the Lord with the heart. Make melody to him with the instrument of ten strings. Sing to him a new song. Play skillfully with a shout of joy. Psalms 33, 1-3. Wow. That's, you know, because see, that, that skill. I got something on my door that says, a professional is an amateur who didn't quit. We might have a gift or a talent or something, but you still have to hone that talent. You have to work at it. You know, speaking of athletes, one of our greatest athletes, and I'll say the name, you go, my God, but he, he, he tells you that he was not all that gifted, but he worked hard. And, and and if you hadn't heard heard the conversation when I tell you the name, you go, oh my God, those who are familiar with basketball. And he's very well known throughout the basketball arena. He just said he worked hard, he worked hard, he worked hard, he worked hard because he had a desire and he pressed. So that's that skill. And as he worked at his craft, he became skillful at it. That athlete that I'm talking about is Larry Bird. There were wars between the Lakers and the Celtics. Larry Bird and Magic Johnson from college all the way up. Bird may score, but Magic does more. I, I, I just remember that from when I was in college. But if you look at him, you could because you, he always looked awkward. He looked awkward in what he did, but the results were there. See, and that's the thing. If God, if God calls you to something, you work on that craft. You perfect that craft. Again, a, a professional is an amateur who didn't quit. So whatever it is, you just keep working at it, working at it, working at it. Look at Kirk Franklin. I, I mean, I've heard him sing a couple of times, but voice-wise, he's not the best singer, but he's worked. He hones his craft. He's a director, and, and you wouldn't know, but he basically he's directing and orchestrating. He's not singing. So if God calls you to something, you begin to find out what that calling is, and he will begin to craft and, and fine-tune you into whatever area is that he's called you to go into. There are other passages that let us know how important skill was during the day. You know, and I, I got to touch on this because he did say lazy, anointed Christians. We got lazy anointed Christians. We got lazy anointed people. That 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 laziness who think that it's just gonna happen. That laziness. I'm gonna just say a prayer, and, and I'm waiting on God. Really? You keep on waiting. You keep on sitting back waiting for your miracle. You look at the miracles 
that happened in the Bible, the woman with the hem and the garment, the, the people who lowered the man down to the roof. No, all the miracles, those are just two kind of came to me. You think that just happened? It tells you in the Word of God, she has spent all that she had, years, years of fighting, seeking, crying, in pain and agony. And then she can't even walk. She got to fight through a crowd. That woman was getting trampled, kicked on, and everything else. If you can't walk, you can't just run up to Jesus. Probably you can't just run up to Jesus anyway because his, uh, his, his, his bodyguards, which was his disciples, wasn't just letting anybody up to him. She had to position herself in front of a crowd because she could not walk through the crowd. Remember, she touched the as garment. That means she was on the ground. But we want to say a prayer and say, okay, God, I've done all I can, but sit back and look at TV and, and is that really? Really? That's, that's what, okay, okay. The world ain't going to allow that kind of attitude and, 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 and raise you up. You do that kind of attitude in school or on a job, really? But we want to put God beneath the standards of the world? Okay, I'll just keep reading. Y'all don't want to hear that. There are other passages that let us know how important skill was during the reign of David and Solomon. This verse is insightful in how he wanted a new song. Prophetic music is always a new song, the bubbling forth from a prophetic flow that can surface when we are in a deep place of worship of God. A new song. Creativity. What's coming new? What's, what's going to affect me today? What's going to help me today? Now faith. Not yesterday's faith. Now faith. Because I need some faith now. I need it today. Yesterday's gone. It's a history now, but I need faith now to accomplish what I need to do today. If we overestimate the value of skill and make it an idol, however, we can fill a worship team or a Christian band with natural excellence that's empty of the spirit of excellence. The Levites of Second Chronicles 5.11 were first described as those who came out of the most holy place before they were listed as skillful. The holy place is the first priority. The level of skill must not be detrimental to a good sound, but we will get a distortion of what God wants if we prioritize the wrong thing. I'm going to read that again. If we overestimate the value of skill and make it an idol, however, we can fill a worship team or a Christian band with natural excellence that's empty of the spirit of excellence. The Levites in Second Chronicles 5.11 were first described as those who came out of the most holy place before they were listed as skillful. The holy place is the first priority. The level of skill must not be detrimental to a good sound, but we will get a distortion of what God wants if we prioritize the wrong thing. The most holy place is priority or another one. Skill is priority number two. The most holy place is priority or another one. Skill is priority number two. And then think about it again. If you keep going to the most holy place, he will get add upon your skill.
The goal is to have skill, anointing, and passion, and abundance of all three. Mm. An abundance of all three. The greater the exposure God is giving us, the more we must be in advancing of all three. If one is low, there should be more of the others. Even the world values passion and will overlook certain technical faults if the overall product is good. The other value is a sex appeal, which comes from the Jezebel influence they are under. Skill, anointing, and passion. If one is low, the others need to take their place. That kind of sounds like spirit, soul, and body. Keep working at whatever it is. I don't know what God called me to do. Well, have a passionate desire to find out. How can I develop my skill when I don't know who I am? Have a passionate desire to want to know. You think God's going to keep it from you? Now, the enemy's going to throw roadblocks. The closer you get, the more roadblocks it's going to be. But don't think I'm praying to God to show me what I want and I'm going to just sit here and it's going to fall on my lap. No, it ain't going to happen like that, Captain. It's not going to happen like that. What normally happens is as you're walking as a path, things you begin to be steered toward a certain direction. You begin to be steered toward a certain thing. And, 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 you, and, yeah, you might struggle with it, but you have a, a desire to find out or a desire to want to do this, or you're just naturally attracted to this. And then you're steered to someone else. And God, see, God is steering you. God is direct. He's, a, he's an orchestrator. He's an author and the finisher of your faith. So he's steering you, and he's steering things because you have a desire to want to know. You have a desire to want to learn. And he's the one that's giving you design what you're doing. You're answering the call. Yeah, that's how that works. We need to be clear on this. Skill alone will never convince the world that we are plugged into a greater creative flow. Excellence will not by itself win or prove anything. We are looking for an it factor that is unexplainable and divine, that the world looks for it. She's got it. If you look at these, these singing shows, they got it. And then they take them, okay, we're going to work on this, we're going to work on it. But they got it, that raw whatever it is. And, and if you see them in the beginning of the show, they let you come on because you got it. But then they got to prune you and, 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 and define you and, you know, and make you better and work on you. And, and it's, even some of them, they tell them, okay, you know, you've got it, but you've got to develop it more. And you're not, we're going to not let you go to the final, final ones, but you just keep working on your craft. That's the way the world, and it's the same thing with God. And what he's saying right now in this passage is that, oh, Jesus, when you've got it, from the spirit of God, it's going to far outweigh it from the spirit of the world. Let me rephrase. Let me repeat that. When you have it from the spirit of God, it's going to far outweigh it from the spirit of the world. Because it's God. Why? And I was thinking about this the other day. Why does it say one can put a thousand to flight, two can put thousands to flight? A three-four cord is not quickly broken. He's telling you, God, if you look throughout history, he's always worked with remnants. 
300 killed a million. So when you have a desire and you work, God will anoint that. See, that's that anointing. That's the power of God. It outweighs everything in this world. It outweighs everything in this world. But you got to be willing to, to die to yourself, to be trained, to be honed. You got to be willing to go. Th- I was telling my father this morning about, about Lisa and the school. My father was in education for, oh, 20-some years. I don't know. And I was telling her about, about, you know, he didn't really understand. He listened to the prayer call when we were on it. But I was telling about the student that she was um, broken down into tears about and, and about how, you know, this girl couldn't do anything for three or four years. Well, now a month, she's advanced so quickly. He said, well, how does she do it? And, see, I knew that he was coming from a, even though he's 93 years old, he's taught, what, 30-some years, degrees and, and years. And ex- well, how does she do it? I said, well, Dad, um, you know, besides that, I said the biggest thing I guess she gave was love. And and, and we're talking about the other day about compassion and passion. He said, you know, when I was taking mythology courses and I was taking this and I was taking that, you know, it shocked me how much I saw the word love in there. Love. And then he started talking about his students. Because back in the day, my father used to whoop them children. Him and some of them, they used to spank their children. And the very children came to them and said, y'all loved us. That's why we were able to come. Well, they, one of them just died, and they came to the funeral and talked about how, they, how the teachers loved them. See, that's that, what do we just say, skill, anointing, and passion? Passion is also love. Okay, let me just keep reading. You know why? And it just dawned on me, just clicked. Why, if you have God anointing or touching you and it will far outweigh that of the world, when we're talking about anointing versus skill, because it's the love of God. We just talked about early in Vanessa, love covers a multitude of sin. People are hurting. People are blinded, confused, mad, a whole lot of things. That's why when the love of God, the passion of God, the anointing of God will make such a huge difference because that love will touch them somewhere where the world cannot touch them. We were just praying for her aunt and her, her, her mother-in-law and saying, you know what, she's gotten into this dark, dismal place because of the hurt. See, that's what Satan does. He takes those hurting, those bad things in your life, and he uses that to maneuver you into deeper and darker places. But you know what, the love of God will break through all of that. The love of God will break through all. Mm-mm-mm. That's why. A passionate, loving child of God will break through the hurt, the pain of the world. Develop your skill, hone your craft, but have that passion 
have that love. And if you don't have it, just have the desire. God will give it to you. Remember, if you if you ever understand this, you are serving the Most High. If He is taking you down a path that He wants you to go, why would He limit you? Why would He say, "I want you to go down this pathway," but I'm going to keep you from having what you need? I ain't saying what you want because that's a huge difference. Now you might feel like you don't have what you need. You might feel like you're lacking, but as you walk that thing out, you find that you don't because what you really need is him, and you have to get to a point in your walk that you outvalue him more than anything else. You outvalue him more than that. She was talking about being in the wood, that spear, that gun. You outvalue him more than your own knowledge and skill. When you get to that level of communication and relationship, see, ooh, let me keep, you know what, I'm, I'm going to just keep reading because, mm, mm, mm. We need to be clear on this. Skill alone will never convince the world that we are plugged into a greater creative flow. Excellence will not by itself win or prove anything. We are looking for an it factor that is unexplainable and divine. This factor is the favor and anointing of God that may defy natural perceptions. It's the fingerprint of God on us that tells the world, hey, you need to listen to this. This is what caused the people to realize these uneducated, ordinary disciples have been with Jesus. It is also the stature and favor that Jesus had. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. That's in Luke 2 and 52. Jesus had to increase in stature, favor, and God with man. So why do we think we're not? And how did he increase in stature, favor, and God and man? By studying. He was God, he didn't, but he walked this thing as a man, just as we had to walk it. What, what, what he had to learn, even though he was the God, but he walked as a man. So if he had to study, why do we think we not? If he had to go through, why do we think we don't? If he had to be acquainted with grief, why do we think we're going to have it easy? If Christians are to be the lead dominant on the world of music or any area of celebration and culture, we must have people who know their kingdom identity. This identity is the purpose or mission of taking this mountain of celebration of arts and displacing the enemy off of it. If we know the specific enemy is Jezebel and her counterfeiting, perverting Hivites, we can climb this mountain wearing the appropriate armor. May an uncompromising army arise and begin move forward on this mountain. The art of one world, the one world class artist is selling for between fifty thousand and one million dollars per piece. Aiken is 12 years old and has been on every imaginable television show and drawn unbelievable secular attention. Yet she's very devoted, uncompromising Christian who freely confesses that her art depicts heaven, which she has visited several times since she was four. No one can really argue with her because her art is so profound and awe-inspiring that it clearly has been with Jesus' fingerprint on it. She is a perfect 
first fruit example of what will be coming out of the house of the Lord. Now, I've never heard of her, and I'm art's not really my thing, so I would probably look at something and go, okay, that's nice. But those who really are into art, they would look at it and they'd go, oh, wow. Something would capture their attention that's different from all the other pictures. And we talked about this the other day, too. A lot of people in the art celebration, music entertainment field, we talked about in order for them to get into their craft, what would they do? They get high, drink or whatever, so they could connect into that 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 real that spiritual reality. So now she connects without all of that, because God is using her. Aiken's excellence is impressive, but it's what she has seen that makes her art such a great treasure. She has said that when she teaches children how to draw, she's actually teaching them how to see. She may not even know it, but she is functioning out of a powerful prophetic gifting. Now, that caught my attention. Because I really am beginning to see when he's talking about music is prophesying, art is prophesying, sports is prophesying. It's, it's, it's because... I think what he's go back to for a bubbling forth, tapping into that supernatural anointing and the excellence and the, and the spirit. You just see God through this person because of the things that that's coming out of them are different from the things of the world. And it touches you in an area or arena which you go, oh, wow. I, I, I'm beginning to see that now. I'm beginning to understand what he's trying to get across. That God in these last days is raising up different people in different fields and arenas and touching them in such a unique way, in such a unique fashion, that they are doing things which defy normalcy, which defy the odds, which is touching people's lives and hearts and saying, you know what, there is something more. Maybe there is God. Maybe I'm not quite hitting it all because all my logic, all my reason, all my books, all my science is not proving this to be true. It's something I, I it's something wrong. That's why that's how God is using people in these last days. The awesome power of God contained in his creative release is available for his kids. We can try for hours to tell someone just how compassionate and kind he is, but Aiken has a picture of his face and eyes that speaks more than a thousand words could. An invasion of Elijah Revolution kids of any age is about to take the world by storm. The art will be excellent, but what they have seen will be what really captures the world's imagination, and that will truly begin to bring down a measure of heaven to earth. In all the arts, as we on earth agree with heaven, we release heaven on earth. I'm going to say it again. In all the arts, as we on earth agree with heaven, we release heaven on earth. There are sounds of heaven to be captured that will cause the world to buckle to its knees and confess that there is a God. There are images of heaven that will convince the world of the reality of a supernatural dimension. Art actually releases into the atmosphere whatever is captured on its easel. Redemption.
forgiveness, rejoicing, mercy, hope, faith, and love can all be released through art. This powerful tool must be fully recovered as a weapon by the children of God in this generation. Mm. Now, we're getting into movies. All movies have a prophetic power to them. Jezebel uses them to release her darkness and decadence. Brokeback Mountain released permission for homosexual behavior across the globe. The Harry Potter movies released an acceptance of the occult. These are only two examples among many. We've only recently begun to see some godly prophesying come out of Hollywood. The passion of Christ was huge in its global impact, and we only fully know how great it was in eternity. It is important that God shows the world how the fair price he paid for the earth before he begins to manifest himself as Lord of hosts and ruler of the nations. We tend to look at the impact of these things in terms of the number of conversions, but there's much more to it than that. This movie served as a John the Baptist type of precursor to Jesus' lordship on earth. God's righteous judgments comes on the heel of establishing his right to this planet and everyone on it. The whole world was left with an image of Jesus and the cross and a high level of accountability. So when I was reading about movies, what did you say? All movies have a prophetic power to... to, to uh, all movies have a prophetic power to them. Jezebel uses them to release her darkness and decadence. First thing that came to my mind was my child when she talked about she didn't understand it then, but she understands it now. She would put certain movies in, and she would start seeing stuff move around. That movie is a gateway drawing the darkness to it. She talked about recently how she put some kind of movie in, and then all of a sudden my mother just came in and just started tapping on the thing, just out of nowhere, just tapping. And then when she stopped the movie, my mother walked away. So that's on the dark side of it. But now think about some of the movies that's coming out. I was in love with a church girl. Even Ty, even Tyler Perry in his movies, they always have a message, a godly message to it. The girl who, fought, who fell down the tree and hit her head and was healed. See, this is what God's doing in these last days as he's using Hollywood to bring about his message in these last days. God is going to use every tool that is available. That's why he has allowed them to come out. Even with Nate, he's going to use every tool to go forth and touch and transform people's lives and say, oh, my God, there's something new. There's something different. It had to be God to show this. That's what God is doing. The Lord of the Rings trilogy also released prophetic announcements and warnings to the world. Although a less biblical theology than the Passion, Ending with the return of the king was one way the Lord got a measure of his message out. So was the Chronicles of Narnia, a movie that clearly laid out Jesus' work on the cross and showed him returning as a lion. These are very powerful, not just as evangelism, but as a prophetic preparing of the way before the Lord's new level of intervention in the affairs of man. Lord's new level of intervention in the affairs of man. Jesus said that if people don't get the right message out, God will raise up stones to cry out, Luke 19 and 40. Rocks may or may not get all the theology just right, but they can serve God's purposes. Mm. I would have never thought about the Lord of the Rings. I did think about Narnia. 
I, I, I've seen that. But the, again, these are just some examples of, of what God is doing to touch people. Remember now, let's go back to the to the um, the levels of Christ: the five hundred, the seventy, twelve, the three, and the one. You got different people in all different levels, all different levels. So God is concerned about each and every one of them. So understand he is using tools to connect to everybody wherever they are at. Just as we were praying for her mother-in-law, he's got tools to connect with her, even in the midst of what she's doing. Yeah, you think you're serving a God? Well, we got a higher God. You want to? You you really want to let go of all that 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 bitterness and that hurt and the pain that you've been that that demon's been feeding off of? Well, our God can heal that, but do you want to see Him? Let's introduce you to Him, the real God, not what you just heard about, but the reality of God. See, when I prayed today, I know something transformed in the kingdom of heaven. I know from heaven came down on earth and entered into that situation. I know the enemy got stirred up because he said, "Oh my God." Uh, no, that's why I was like, "Really, God? You really, you really?" Because I knew what it was going to do to me. I didn't know I was going to there, there, but I already knew. See, I'm learning because uh, I'm being trained. Because I'm walking in this. When God touched me, okay, I'm about to work. Oh, uh, this is about to pull on me. Uh, and, but see, that's the kind of power that touches people. See, that household. There was an intervention today that's going to transform that household. Now, will she accept Christ? I don't know. But there's a difference that has been made today. There's a difference that God is in it in. Because, see, just as you had levels of witchcraft, well, you know what? You got levels of Christianity and the anointing and the power and passion of God that will break the yokes off of people's lives. So they will know that there is a God. Because you know what? What I used to do ain't working. I tried to put a curse, but it came back on me. I'm beginning to see things. Right now, I don't even want to serve this demon anymore. Because right now, something's missing. I'm back in touch with that hurt that had been covered over. See, that's where she's at. And Christ says, I want to heal you. You just got to let me. He loves each and every one of us. He loves everybody in the world. He doesn't want any of them to go to hell. But they need him, and they got to be touched. They got to be reached. They have to have something which is going to meet them where they're at to begin to expose them to the true love of God. So the Lord is going to raise and release a new kind of prophet, one that prophesies through movies, television shows, or Broadway production. These Hollywood prophets will understand the kingdom of God and the mountain from which Jezebel must be displaced. The goal will not just be having Christian fare on television or at the theater. That's a weak and flimsy compromise, not a revolution. It's not enough just to portray Sunday school on the big screen and expect that to displace Hollywood's products. In the heart of our Creator are the most exciting stories and adventures in the world, and they aren't fiction. Though they can be portrayed as such, prophets will see something in the Spirit that will capture the hearts and minds of a generation and use entertainment media to prophesy. These revolutionaries are going to see into the God's heart and be the new lives of our generation. And that is our lesson for today. Questions, comments, criticism, conclusions. Morning, Sam. Hey, Cher, how you doing? Uh, first of all, I wanted to criticize. <laughs> okay, bring it on, bring it on. Okay, because after 1968, 
Hollywood turned into Satanism. Is that the nineteen sixty eight what? Hollywood turned into Satanism. It left the church and Satan is running the Hollywood uh, screenplays and all that. Okay. Just to let you know. Well, even chair, going even back, if you get to the again understanding words and the origin, Hollywood comes from the tree of Holly, which magicians used to make their wands. So oh. that whole word in itself right. came from basically a magician and sorcerer and witchcraft. So that's that whole that whole kingdom, quote unquote, or because you for loss of a better term, was basically sent on deception and deceiving the world. Right. Anybody Nobody else on the line? I am sure. How you yeah. doing? Okay. <laughs> no, I had to make a call real quick. Oh. <laughs> All right, anybody else got anything? Open up your gifts like a celebration and enjoy. You got your singer in the background, huh? <laughs> yes, you know, real for him today. <laughs> oh, Sam, how, how does this work with a prophetic coming from Hollywood then? That's my question, I guess. Say that again, Cher. How does the prophetic come out of Hollywood then? Well, it comes out, talking about now what God is doing, he's using the same, how can I say, the same pathways, but now for his word to come out, whereas before it was producing a showing basically, I'm just, you know, demonic stuff. Now it's showing character of God. It's showing godly stuff. Even back then they had, you know, movies like Samson and Delilah and the, the Moses movie and all that stuff. But now again, doing that and then some different stuff, even though, like I said, even with comedy and Tyler Perry, all these things are bringing about messages about God, who he is, his character, and his word. And so that's how he's touching people's lives. And that's so, so what we need to do then is understand a deeper understanding of prophecy, a deeper understanding of what prophecy really is and how God uses it. Because we think of it just as being in the place of, of, of somebody speaking out, 
God's word, but I, I, I'll go back to the book in a minute where it's talking about prophecy bubbling forth. I mean, that's what prophecy means, to bubble forth. And so what God is doing out of Hollywood now is, even like I talked about the movie with the little girl that fell and hit her head and, and was healed and stuff like that. Yeah, I remember that one. So, so it's a lot of stuff that God's moving, uh, moving now. When we, these are true stories. These yeah. are true stories. Yeah. I know the one I saw. Um, I wanted to see about the. It was the football movie, and so it's a lot of stuff that God is showing. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it was a football movie. I think about high school or something like that. And, and, and you know, so it's all kind of stuff that God is using to show that hey, hey, hey. This is me. This is an example of my word working in people's lives, people who are choosing to stand, people who are beat up, people who are hurting, people who are the odds are stacked against them, but because they had a belief or trust or, or sought me in some form or fashion, I showed up. Okay. So that's how Hollywood is being used to prophesy in these last days. Okay. Anybody else got anything? Me. Me. <laughs> yeah, she's still over here lifting her pants and cheerleading. Hmm? <laughs> so, yeah, she's still over here lifting her pants and cheerleading. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else got anything going once? Can I get a recap of the reading, please? Thank you. Mm-hmm. Pages 28 through 37, um, the seven anointed prophecy mountain by Elijah. Okay, that's the recap. I'm sorry. I didn't get that textbook in the Mizzou store. Can I um ask for a verbal? Okay. Talkshoe.com. Go scroll down, one, two, six, nine, seven, six, enter, and then hit play. All this time you wasting, could you could have just summarized it. We were talking about arts and movies and music and how Jezebel and how God is using prophecy and stuff to touch people's lives in those two arenas. Art mu art in the arena, music arena and movies arena. You're welcome. Thank you. Anybody else? All right. Um, well, I got to make a couple of calls. So anybody else going once? <laughs> going twice. Going three times. All right, um, we're going to let the music play because i got to make a couple of calls. Okay. Okay.
Enjoy Stingray music free on your mobile.
something even though he's able tonight. Come on, continue to worship him. Hallelujah. He's able tonight. He's able.
God is able. Now we're getting ready to take prayer requests. Who wants prayer? You start with me. Okie dokie doke. I'll pray for your family first. Thank you much. Rambo Shiridoko Randi Shiridoko Borandi Joko Sida Randi Joko Sadi Joko Bokora Shiridoko Baka Hora Shiridoko Sidoko Sarandra Shiridoko Bakrandi Joko Sishiridoko Braka Daka Harandi Joko Sishiridoko 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 Yes, Father God, Yeridoko Sandraka. Thank you, Holy Spirit, Yeridoko Sidraka. Yes, Father God, Yeridoko Sishirandraka. Ha. Move throughout her family unit, Lord. Move throughout her family unit, Father. Touch, maneuver, anoint. Whatever needs to be done, Father. Move throughout her family unit, Lord. Cause a shift to occur so they will begin to see and to seek you in all and through all, Lord. Holy Spirit, Yorobo Sirakandaka, Rombo Sirika Randi Shirikosaka, Hori Yarabosaka, Horashetel Gosan Rashi
All right, and who was that one, bro? Gigi. One more time. Gigi. Oh, Gigi. Oh, hey, Gigi, how you doing? Good, that's good, that's good. All right, my dear, I will pray for you. Rombo Korashiriko, Randeka, Shiriko, Bosteke, Harande, Gosation, 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 like a spark inside of you that people have tried to extinguish, to put out, to stop, even to stomp off. And at times they thought they have, you know, put the flame out and walked away, but then the flame reignited. I see a spark. Hmm. That spark is attached to Jesus, direct connect, direct connection. That's why they cannot extinguish. They have tried everything, every way to make you stop, quit, and say to hell with it. And even in you and yourself, at times when you have walked away and said it ain't worth it, you found yourself right back up again doing the very thing that you said you wouldn't do. Find yourself right back again facing that foe that at moments ago had defeated you and walked away and said it's done. You find yourself right back again standing firm in the very truths that you have found it to be so true resonating inside of your heart and your life. That spark is directly connected to Jesus, and because they cannot extinguish Jesus, they cannot extinguish you. You continue to praise God in spite of what all the enemy does. We just talked about last week that that the God God inhabits the praises of his people. So when you're hurting, I want you to begin to praise. When when you're down, I want you to begin to praise. When the enemy has just done his his best blow, and you're bleeding, and I don't have enough, and I don't even feel bothered, but, Lord, I'm going to praise you anyway. Lord, I'm going to thank you for even giving me the breath to say thank you for letting me stand one more day. I'm going to thank you that I was able to withstand the shot to the enemy. I'm going to thank you, Lord, that you woke me up to even begin to see that that you still love me enough to stand one more day. I'm going to thank you, Lord, that you're my God and you love me in spite of myself. When you do that, that spark that's inside of you mm, 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 ignites an inferno. That spark that's inside of you begins to increase in glow. That spark that's inside of you now turns into a fiery inferno, and the enemy runs. Stand firm, woman of God. Stand firm in all that God is showing, releasing, revealing, teaching, educating, promise you. I just said this morning that we inherit the promises of God through faith and patience. Don't back down. He has not left you, nor will he ever leave nor forsake you. You are a good steward. Don't back down. Trust for the things that he will bring a pass in your life. 
In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Who wants to go next? Who wants to go next? Who wants to go next? Next, next. Okay. Who wants prayer next? Who wants prayer next? Who wants prayer next? Next, next. Okay. Prayer next going once. Pray next, going twice. There you go, young man. Wanna put that up already? I'll move too quick. Okay. Don't buy us one prayer. Somebody pray for me, we get out of here. I'm sorry, what'd you say? Nobody else wants prayer. Somebody pray for me, we can get out of here. Oh, okay. Um. Oh, did you do the countdown? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know I ain't want to start praying for you and then somebody jump in like wait, 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 wait. Yeah, well, you know, look, I got work to do, so you know, the, hey, hey. Anyway. Okay. Five. My father, we come to you this morning to lift up Sam. <clears throat> father, just asking you to continue to to cover him as he goes about his day. Father, trying to walk in you, doing the things that you want him to do the way that you want him to do. Father, may he continue to always hear your voice directing and guiding him. And, Father, may he continue to be obedient in listening to your voice, even when he may not want to or doesn't understand why you're telling him to go a particular way when, when he thinks that another way would work just as well. Father, we know when we when we ignore you, when we decide to go our own way, we always end up paying for it in the long run. We we sometimes forget that you've already created this path and that you know what's gonna happen if we take A instead of B, which is why you're telling us to take B in the first place. So Father, we just pray that he continues to take the road that you have set forth for him to take. And in doing so, to continue to thwart the, the, the efforts of the enemy. Father, we just thank you for blessing him. We thank you for his health and wellness for himself, his household, and his family. Father, and we thank you for your unconditional love, your mercy, and your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All righty. I'll holler at y'all later. Hey, everyone. Have a blessed day. Bye.
Hello? Hello? Hello?
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 